Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hello and welcome to episode 180 of Slam Fire Radio for November 11th, 2016. I am one of your hosts, Trevor. I'm another one of your hosts, Matthew. I'm Adriel. And I'm Kelly. You guys did that perfectly. <laughs> and I, think it's, I think it's the first time somebody didn't flub it up. That's awesome. Somebody always like throws in the nickname when you're not supposed to. Like I just left it hanging. Well, this is our second or third take. It sounded so, like you were yeah. kind of curious as to who you were. You're like, I'm Trevor, maybe? <laughs> I'm not sure. So I was like, I'm Matthew, maybe? Yeah, I don't you know. totally, yeah. Adriel's yeah. like, I'm Adriel. And, and Kelly's I like, was, and I'm Kelly. She's confident. She knows who she is. We, not so much. No, no, because I didn't know where I was going. I did, the, you know, the for latte, the wrong, I signed Just, Just yep. left it clean and simple. Just Trevor. Well, it was a little bit of a Trevor. Trevor, I'm Trevor, I think, maybe. You Trevor. ran with it. And and, uh, and it worked. To, yeah. Right up till right now. Now, do you suppose we'll nail our ending? No. I don't. <laughs> no, we probably won't. All right. Well, Matthew, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us what you did this week in, in walking with a gun? Well, I actually went flying with a gun. Flew with a gun. Even I, better. I, I finally did it. I, did, I went on my low-budget fly-in hunting trip. Armed flying. Armed flying. See, I, that I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Cause well, of like, I, I was really looking forward to saying it, and I, re- I wanted to get it up for the other ones. You went armed flying. Armed flying. All right, so I'm now a fighter pilot. <laughs> sure. Logic holds, right? A- I flew in a plane a- with a gun. Low altitude, really slow fighter pilot. I'm an A-10. You're a okay. flying ace. Ooh. You're Why? not an ace until you shoot down, like, how many bad guys? Five. Five. <laughs> Five. Thank you. Yeah. And I was We've gun- got that many ducks, right? At least. <laughs> <laughs> duck ace. Right. So you're flying in your plane. You're shooting at ducks from the ground, or basically. From the sky at the oh, ground. Oh yeah, absolutely. One in each hand, kind of thing. Just kind of no, um, no. As oh, per oh, oh, uh, Canadian, huh? is there controls in the back? Yeah. So no, you, you you control the stick with your knees. You just kind of oh, like move it side no, to stop, side. Adriel. No, no. Here's what it, here's what's going to happen. Will you come up? You, all you guys, all of us, right? Here's what Matthew's going to do. He's going to fly from the back, and we're going to take turns shooting from his airplane from the front. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, the prop is in the back. It Matthew's is. flying behind us. What could go wrong? That prop just kicks those shells out and conveniently yeah. shatters them in the wind. <laughs> and we're going to use ARs with brass catching bags. I'm there so you go. tired of working with amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matthew. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that that falls under the same law as no loaded firearms in a loaded or on a motor motor vehicle. vehicle is a motor vehicle, whether it's on yeah. the ground or not, huh? Unfortunately, so. Blame. I could, I could, you know, maybe turn off the engine. That's the only thing I could kind of think about. Maybe if the engine was off, but uh, probably still not. So anyway, I did it uh, the legal way. The gun was cased and unloaded while I flew, and then when I landed, uh, you know, took it out and went for a walk. So uh, I didn't see anything, but I did hear something. Somebody else shot a shotgun off within a mile of me. So maybe somebody else got a bird. I don't know. Whatever. It was still fun though. Um, 
But uh, more more interesting for the people who are listening is that I have a takedown Volkhortzen 1022 clone. Sweet. Now, is this a gun manufactured by Volkhortzen, or is it a Ruger 1022 with a pile of Volkhortzen parts on it? Because it's my understanding that Volkhortzen is putting out a 1022 clone. Is that That's correct? That's correct. Uh, as far I, as I can tell, this is not a 1022 in any way. It has 1022 parts, but not, the receiver is not a 1022, and it's not like a receiver inside of a chassis, as far as I can tell. I mean, I've only had it for a day now, so I haven't really torn it apart yet. Those are that, all good things, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> does it have that cool uh, Boyd stock on it? It does. Oh, yeah. See, I fell in love with this gun in season three of Top Shot when Dustin Ellerman won, and he's like shooting golf balls at 100 yards with a twenty two, and everybody's like, that shot can't be done. I'm like, yeah, Matthew can do it. Twenty two Plinkster can do it, and I guess this Dustin Clown could do it. And that's and that's what they were using for a couple of the competitions was that Volkhorsen 22. And man, what a, it's like the perfect semi-auto 22. It looks after very the, nice. It's very comfortable to shoulder. Yeah. What's that? After the 795, of course. Of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, that could, just goes without saying. And you know there will be a head-to-head between the 795 and the, the Volkhorsen. Absolutely. And I think <laughs> I think probably it's the seven the $200 795 has met its match with the $600 Volkhorsen. I would think probably. I would hope so anyway. I hope this Volkhorsen's more accurate just because of the, the cost the involved. Yeah, the barrel. The barrel. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a carbon fiber wrapped barrel. It's very, very swanky. It's very nice. Anyway, I, I do have to thank Matt for, uh, for loaning it to me. And not my buddy Matt, but another Matt. Apparently, Edmondson is full of Matts and Matthews. So another Matt. There's one at every door. One, there is one at every. Ah, that's that's good. You're, You're off the show. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, he uh, he and I met in town because he uh, he bought some um, some stuff from Press Check from me, and while I was standing in the parking lot at Tim Hortons chatting with him, he's like, "Hey, do you want a Volkhorst in 10:22 takedown rifle to review on your YouTube channel? I heard you talking about it on the show that you said you wanted some more uh, gun content on your YouTube channel." I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> so he opens up his trunk and hands it to me. So now I've got it, and I told him he might get it back someday. So it's it's really nice. I really like it. Um, he obviously watches my YouTube channel as well regularly because on it is the uh, Bushnell AR-22 scope that I reviewed for Filthy last year. Nice. So it's uh, yeah, it's very well set up. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to getting this out to the range and uh, doing a comprehensive review on it and getting some shooting done with it. So big, huge shout out to Matt and uh, yeah, I'll take very good care of it and I will probably give it back someday. So, so far, you've given them all back. So but far. I, I think if this one beats the 1022, he's probably going to get the... Or, or, sorry, if this one beats your 795, he'll probably get the 795 back instead. I'll just give him back the 795 and just feign ignorance. I'm pretty sure that's what you gave me there, man. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, hey, look. I heard it on a podcast. He gave you a 795. Yeah, I heard it first here, yeah. right now. You made it. is. It Done. First. All right, then. <laughs> that's, fun. Yeah, let's move on to what you did. Um, I didn't get a lot done. I did. Oh yeah, no, it, like, pff, pansy. Why not? Because <laughs> I've been, <laughs> I've been laid up. What? <clears throat> what? What? Like you had a hernia operation or something? Yeah. Well, after my carpal tunnel operation, yeah. Right. So it's been back to back surgery. Whatever. So it's it's technically wrist to front, but whatever. <laughs> you're technically correct. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't change the fact that you're an a hole. But anyway, you are correct. <laughs> you so, didn't have an operation on that, did you? 
No, not yet, no. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, anyway, no shooting, obviously, but I did miss out on, well, I missed out on a good, I missed out on something, there's one thing I'm happy I missed out on and something I'm unhappy I missed out on. I missed out on the end of your range cleanup. So, oh, that's too bad. It is too bad because these guys aren't OCD. When I go looking for stuff next year to build SummerSlam, it's going to be everywhere. When I put oh. stuff away, there's a place for everything, and everything has its place. And this is and where you. That's put why all. I like you. I know, right? It's like, yeah. And we, 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 you always know where stuff is, Kelly, because everything is always in the same place year after year. Exactly. Because I make sure of that. These guys are like, holy crap, it's October. It's going to snow tomorrow. We need to just put it wherever we can. It's like they lift up the carpet and they sweep the dirt under the rug. Like that's what that – anyway, I'm, I'm sure it was fine. I missed that, but uh, no, it's I unfortunately didn't go to the meeting this week. And the listeners who have been listening for a long time and know of our escapades at the Rescue Gun Club have heard me talk about the late uh, Ronnie DeGroote and his wife Carol DeGroote who died tragically in a motorcycle accident uh, a year ago in June. The family has settled the estate, and Ronnie and his wife Carol left a twenty thousand dollar donation to the gun club. So just, I mean, and and they left a twenty thousand dollar donation to the Rescue Snowmobile Club. Now, um, the Rescue Snowmobile Club was where the proceeds from uh, the steel challenge that we had. We started an annual steel challenge in Ronnie's name, and the first one was this year. Matthew, you were there. It was a good time. Um, we made a donation to the Rescue Snowmobile Club in Ronnie's name from this year's Steel Challenge, and it was over six hundred dollars. So it was pretty good. That's a you know, that's that's a chunk of change for uh, for a small little weekend Steel Challenge. We had people come up from uh, down south, and and it was a good time. So um, yeah, forty thousand dollars the man gave to his two uh, hobbies when he died, um, which just blows my mind. And who knows what else he did. He was always doing, and even in death, he was still doing. So it just blew my mind. But unfortunately, the meeting was on Wednesday, and I wasn't feeling up to going. It was only a week after my surgery, and there was a nice presentation with a big check and photos, and it sucked that I missed it. But it's 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 what's important is that you know, uh, Ronnie man, twenty grand to the to the uh, gun club. So we're gonna yeah, put that's that amazing. <clears throat> it really is. It really is. Not not. I mean, not a lot of people when they die can take care of everything and then have 40 grand left over to give to their hobbies. Just blows my mind. So, um, and we, we spent a lot of money last year on the range and on SummerSlam because of the 10th anniversary. So it, I mean, the money is going to go to good use. It's going to help rebuild our bank accounts. We've got four bank accounts in the, in the gun club for the different sections and things. So it was a no brainer. We just divided the amount by four and everybody's happy. So, yeah, so I just want to share that with the listeners because they had, you know, some of them who are close to us and close to the show and 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 stuff knew the Ronnie story and it just keep, keeps going. So, um, what else? I bought another 1911. I'm not sure if I had mentioned that yet or not. I bought it from a Milserp buddy of uh, it's a, a long time shooting buddy of Filthies who was out of the game and then got back into the game and. Stop me if I've told this before, but I went I went over to visit this guy with Filthy, and I was looking at his Milserp collection, and it was a phenomenal Milserp collection. I posted a pretty cool pic of me on uh, Facebook holding an SMLE Lee Enfield with a bayonet on it that was like two and a half feet long. It was ridiculous. It was a World War One era um, Enfield. He had 
so many different Mosinagants. And believe it or not, he was able to maintain my attention while looking at these Mosins. He had an SVT-40 and Mausers. So this is a Swedish Mauser. This is a this Mauser, that Mauser, that Mauser. I don't I lost track. I literally lost track of how many Mausers the man had. Enfields, um, Grand, like just a crazy Millsurf collection. And then when he pulled out the 1911, I was like, oh, thank God. I was like, wait a second. I just, <laughs> you know. I just got excited over a 1911. Not, I, not a typical response from the No, 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 right? Like, if it had been a Glock, I probably would have, like, dry-humped his leg or something. <laughs> it was just no more Mosins, no more no more uh, Mausers. Anyway, uh, so I'm looking at it. He goes, yeah, I think I might sell it. I'm like, oh. So this was an STI um, Spartan in uh, 45. So they make a Spartan and they make a Trojan. The Trojan is done 100% in-house in... Texas, where STI is based out of. The Spartan, they actually incorporate um, lowers or frames from Arms Corps, which is uh, out of the Philippines. So STI brings in these lower price, lower grade 1911 frames, and then they do the finishing work and put an upper on them. And so that's what he had. He had the, the, the Spartan, which is not as expensive as a Trojan, but still a very nice 1911. And I got it for almost half uh, from today's retail price. So obviously when he bought it, he didn't pay today's retail price. Um, wasn't, you know, it was a smoking deal. And it, I let him give me the price and I was happy with it. And like I had a number in my mind, he threw the number at me. And I was like, yep, sold. So uh, I bought that and then quickly sold it. So, and I used the money to buy another AR-15. So it kind of all balances out. So I bought a 1911 and bought an AR-15. The AR-15 is awesome. It's a st- all, all the components are stag with the exception of the barrel. And all the furniture is um, Magpole MOE stuff. And I just I just love it. It kind of looks like an M4, but without the carry handle sight. It's got a Magpole backup sight on it. It's so light, so like it doesn't have a whole bunch of bells and whistles and stuff hanging off of it. I think it's I think it's going to replace my NEA. I think my NEA is going to get the boot, and it's going to be like the quote-unquote service AR. And then I've got my um, competition AR. So. But all I may also sell the Stag and the NEA and replace them both with one 16.5-inch Daniel Defense and, and call it good. And then I bought a Mossberg 930JM Pro. So this is a semi-automatic 12-gauge uh, shotgun. And the JM Pro is the Jerry Mitchellick uh, edition of their 930. So it's kind of like you could compare it to the Remington Versamax Tactical. It's got like a 22-inch barrel, kind of some extended controls. It's it's meant for three-gun competition, but it's still not quite there. Like it's going to need to be opened up and the lifter uh, welded and stuff like that. But um, it's a pretty, pretty cool gun. The only downside to it, of course, is it's only a three-and-a-half-inch chamber. Or sorry... It's a three-inch chamber as opposed to a... Is that three-inch magnum? Yeah, it's a three-inch magnum chamber as opposed to a three-and-a-half-inch chamber. So it's only going to hold eight total instead of nine. Um, But I've shot a couple of them, really like them. And uh, I've got the Remington pump and the Remington semi, the Mossberg pump, and now I'll have the Mossberg semi. So that's kind of cool. So what what are you going to do with the 930? So if you've got your Versamax for three-gun, what are you going to do with the 930? The 930 may actually replace the Versamax. Um, it's, Versamax has got a 26-inch barrel. And although it's not bad, like it's far from unwieldy, especially... It's too long. Th- I know, right? It just yeah. 
too long. I mean, I'm not I'm not shooting trap. It doesn't have to swing or point naturally or anything like that. It's being aimed with the sights at targets, and uh, it's it had some feeding issues, and I repaired that uh, by radiusing the chamber, and then it had um, some feeding issues with cheap ammo. I had uh, I ran it in a match in hell. Oh yeah, I did go. I went to a three gun. Yeah, I went to I went and shot a three gun match. Um, the last weekend of October, I went to a two day three gun match with uh, a couple of the listeners of the show, Andy Shan, um, Stephen Casey, and I went down there with uh, Muffin, and we stayed at Andy's place. Oh my God, I ate the most amazing pulled pork. But anyway, it's a gun show. But yeah, no. Oh my God. Anyway. So we shot a three gun. So I brought my Versamax with me and I lent it to another shooter. And uh, I, I didn't run cheap Winchester Universal through it this time. What was happening was the lifter would lift the shell and the rim on the shell would drag inside the receiver. And the lifter didn't have enough spring tension to actually lift it. And so just a tap on the lifter from the bottom, no problem. It would just knock it right in the chamber. Very rare. It's only happened like three times in the whole lifespan of the gun after about almost 2,000 rounds of, of 12-gauge ammo. It happened once uh, during the match when Bill Anderson from PI was running the gun, and it was on the slug stage. And I don't know what brand of slugs he had, but my Winchester slugs were fine, and all the ammo that I brought was fine. I was using Winchester ammo, but not um, the cheap universal stuff. The ammo was very, very, very old, but it wasn't cheap ammo. So... No more reliability issues, plus there's a lifter that you can get that is a full-length lifter. It doesn't have the groove cut out of the front. Um, it actually has a like a reese, like a concave dip in the front of the lifter, so it centers the shell and chambers it correctly. So I'm going to buy that lifter for it. And uh, as long as you put, you know, not, but I want, I want my gun to run. Matthew, you and I have talked about this before. Like, we want all of our guns to run the cheapest ammo possible because that's like the epitome of reliability if it'll run junk it's a good gun yep right if you got to buy premium ammo what's the point what's the point you want to shoot a lot but you can't because you're spending top dollar on premium ammo so now that being said my reloads made out of old federal brass work great so anyway it's probably it's probably adriel going to replace my my um versamax the 930 well even though i'm going to lose one round of capacity eh one round, whatever. You start reloading almost like right away anyway. Um, There was one crazy stage. Have you ever done this, Adriel? Because I know you shoot a lot of three-gun. You shoot more than we do. We're lucky, Matthew and I. I'm like, Matthew didn't even get it in a three-gun match this year, did you, Matthew? Nope, it rained. Yeah, well, we did our little thing, but I had to travel six hours to go to a three-gun match, Adriel. Like That's how desperate I was for three-gun. There was a stage there, Adriel. 75 rounds in one stage of the three firearms, and there were two targets at 220 meters. Uh, Those targets were for rifle or shotgun slug? No, no, it was rifle. That's all right. Yeah, but (laughs) 75 rounds in one stage? Yeah. We had to use the 500-second rule. Yeah. It 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 was taking, dude, it was taking 20 minutes per competitor from the beep to, all right, next guy, get ready. So, yeah, what, what, uh, what were the competitors good or was the like, because so the reason why I say this is because we've we've got stages. Um, I looked at the round count on the one we're doing 
Oh, on Saturday coming up here, and I think I think one of the stages is gotta have right around sixty, seventy rounds in it. Um, and we've got we've got two of those. They're not twenty minutes. Uh, we we don't have two hundred round uh, two hundred yards. We rather. had to use a golf cart, right? Like the, the problem was wasn't the seventy five rounds. It was the distance that had to be covered to do all the scoring and patching. We had mm-hmm. a team on radios. Like <laughs> no, for the far stuff, you got to set up. So you get those steel targets that uh, that display the orange behind the white when you when you hit them, and that's what you got to do for your long range stuff. No, like you you'd never want to be patching targets at two hundred yards because it's no, just they gonna, were steel. That's they ridiculous. were steel, but they were, they were steel. And what was happening was you had a guy on binos calling the shots if he hit them. One mm-hmm. guy in my squad, I can't speak for the whole match, I think the whole match, but for sure I can only attest to, the, to my squad, one guy offhand hit both 220-meter targets um, with one shot each, bang, ting, bang, ting, uh, and that was Muffin. Do, and shooting, guess what he was shooting? You buggers, were, we were having this debate back and forth about what's more accurate, a long-barreled AR or a short-barreled AR. He did it with a $150 scope on a Mark 18, which is a 10.3-inch barrel. He's the only guy in my whole squad, and there was three or four really strong shooters in that squad who didn't get those hits. And Muffin got them one shot, one kill with a 10.3-inch barrel. Standing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Lucky bugger. Anyway, uh, moving on. And then I spent the day, a part of the day, loading magazines and packing guns. I'm going to Filthies tomorrow. It's a long weekend, so... Christine is not working, and I'm still off sick for the surgery thing. So we're going to hit the road tomorrow, go to Filthies, and hit the range in the morning with Fred and Mike. And uh, I've got uh, both my Tanfoglios. Oh, yeah, another new gun I got. I picked up a uh, Stock 3 Extreme, um, which is uh, one of the um, Extreme-line pistols that Eric Raffel has kissed or made love to or whatever he did to make them quote-unquote extreme. I've got the Limited Custom Extreme in 40. And then they make two production guns, a stock two and a stock three. And the stock three is a longer sight radius and a rail on the bottom, not a bull barrel where the stock two has the bull barrel. Horrible trigger. Horrible. This is, hmm. this is like a $2,200 firearm, right? Like it's like the, it's supposed to be the epitome of production pistols in the sport of IPSC. And the trigger is garbage. Garbage. So I bought an extreme pistol. I didn't. I traded for another gun or whatever. But I've got to like do work to it. I've got to rip it all apart. I got to polish it, and I've got to change the springs in it. And it just it just bugs me when you you buy you know these top of the line pistols and they suck out of the box. So anyway, um, so the my two Tanfoglio extremes are coming. My two 1911s are going, and I'm going to sight in that new AR, and I'm going to sight in finally my VZ58 and test the comp that I bought at the charity shoot this summer in Ontario. I bought one of the uh, Spartha tactical comps for the VZ58 and 223 from um, Simon at uh, S&J Hardware. So oh, I'm looking yeah. forward. To, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out and testing that comp and, and sighting that in. So. Yeah, uh, that's uh, it for me. How about you, Adriel? What have you been up to? I'm glad you only had like uh, I remember your first words, and I said, Trevor, it's your turn. And you're like, oh, I only did a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have very much to talk about. No, All no. I can, l- Listen, the Jamesons helped me I've elaborate. listened. Trust me, I've listened. And I don't blame the Jamesons. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Okay, I went hunting. Uh, I went uh, hunting for whitetail deer. Yeah, 
You can hear the the Jamesons in the background there. <laughs> <laughs> I went hunting for uh, for white-tailed deer. I saw uh, a pile of muleys and a pile of moose and uh, rabbits and uh, hares, technically. Someone corrected me on one of my posts. Totally. Uh, right. It's the gross. It's the gross. Uh, or chartreuse thing, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, but but I didn't actually see any whitetails, so uh, it was just for the weekend, right? I just I wanted to I wanted to head out and scout a little bit because I hadn't checked my game cam, and uh, the land I'm hunting on is my parents, and they said, yeah, we haven't seen any whitetails around, so I was like, oh man, I mean, maybe there's none there. Uh, but uh, I took took my oldest boy out. Uh, we went hunting. We saw the muleys. He saw the muleys. Uh, we saw a bunch of hares. And uh, since I didn't really see very many white tails uh, otherwise, I went back to the house and we grabbed my uh, uh, 22 that my grandma gave me. It's a Savage 6, I think. It doesn't like it, there's there's no model number stamped on it or anything like that. It's a uh, it's just a, a semi-automatic Savage 22. And uh, we went back out and shot a bunch of hares and ate them. So. That was uh, that was kind of our weekend, uh, kind of cool. I pu- I put up a a YouTube video of all the different weird ge- like game and that kind of thing that uh, that showed up on the cam. I didn't uh, I didn't put the muleys, but there was a pile on there too. Uh, there are some whitetails there, just they're they're being cagey. So I'll uh, I'll see if I'll see if I get any the the week that I'm hunting, which will be right around the twentieth. There. Question. Yep. Can you buy a muley tag or is it a draw? It's a draw. Uh, okay. My uh, my buddy Will's got one, so he might come out and shoot that big mealy buck that I saw and had like was looking at it from about a hundred yards away, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I need a tag. <laughs> I need my mealy tag." But uh, I didn't get one this year, so you know they're safe for me. Uh, I went to my local gun club meeting. Uh, I don't know nothing, nothing really of note. They're a typical gun club. Yes, I second that, and yes, let's put the financials behind us and whatnot oh um one interesting thing that our gun club is doing so we're we're suing the the cfo uh over the oh, club the, is yeah the club is yeah how much uh, money does your club have in the bank when they can take the government to to court uh let's see well we've got 1400 members and our membership fee is 160 bucks a year so gotcha. yeah 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 i guess i'd got. rather i'd rather see it spent on suing the cfo than freaking flower beds tell you that right now well, we, don't, we don't have any flower beds so that's no. that sounds like there's a lot of really? hate behind that but that's no. a bc it's a bc thing i guess you know well we yeah. have them here yeah but yeah. did you spend forty thousand dollars on them no oh boy, oh well, boy. i know a club in bc that did oh boy i don't care how much money your club has if you spend 40 grand on flowers you should be strung up it's too much well, they did. They did ask for more. They said they were asking, saying like, "Hey, we should bump it up to two hundred, But we, uh, uh, it was it was voted down. Okay. Uh, so why this law? Why the lawsuit? Because we should have sued the bastards, but we didn't. The the lawsuit is specifically around the CFO trying to put uh, time restrictions on on the approvals. So saying yes, we approve your long range. It has a uh, an expiry of two years. And then two years down the line, they say, oh, you know what? Now we've changed our standards. Now you need ground baffles. Now you need barrel restrictors. Now you need this or that. Yeah, see, we were in that mess before when we had Doyle. Doyle had shut us down. And then when we got the work done and he came back and he re-inspected and then improved us, he said, "Ah, you know, normally it's five years, but I'm only going to do you for two. I'll be back in two more years. Mm -hmm. 
why? Mm-hmm. It's if yep. why? Why? If that bay over there is good and passed, it's good for five. This one failed, and now it's good and it passes. Why not? Why not certify it for five? Where do you get off certifying it for only two? You got it. So that's that's what the uh, that's what the Chaz Gun Club is suing the government over, or the CFO over. I Good. don't like. They said that that there's no other club doing that specific uh, thing yet. So hopefully we set some precedents with this and uh, and make them stick to you know what they need to stick stick to well, right. So and when we were when we were um, when we were uh, closed down when the, when the the bays didn't pass or whatever. I mean there was a lot of animosity and frankly hatred between the CFO and the president at the time. Now there's the current, the president and the CFO have both changed. They're not the same people anymore. So I don't want uh, anyone listening to think that this is a current issue. These people are out of the picture now, but um, we were supposed to be given the avenue to appeal legally. Apparently like it's, it's against the law to not provide us with the avenue to appeal. And, they didn't, and we requested it. And when we requested the appeal process information, we were told, uh, and I quote, wouldn't your efforts and time be better spent getting your range up to standard? So yep. he put it, like, that was that was a denial in writing. And we spent eight grand to work on the range when we technically didn't have to. And a lot of members were peeved. They were like, we should have went after them for that money. Never happened. Yeah. You're not likely to get the money, but you are likely to, you know, you might win if you challenge them. Anyways, that's that's what Chaz is up to. Um, let's see. Oh, and uh, I think on the last show I mentioned I was going to pick up a, a Beretta uh, 96. Uh, Brigadier, so yeah. Yeah, so I picked it up. I've got it in my hands right now. This thing's got a smooth double action trigger. Like, I can't believe how smooth it is. It's heavy, but it's... It's a it's, smooth it, 18 pounds, yeah. It glides right through, and uh, so if, you got the Brigadier, which is like a six hundred dollar yep. gun, and I have the twenty two hundred dollar gun, and my double action sucks. Uh, yep. No, the Brigadier I think yep. Yep. is the same price as the ninety two. It's just it's it's got a heavier slide on it. It's got a rubber like a rubber wraparound grip, um, and the sights themselves are dovetailed in, so you can mm. replace the sights if you want to. I think I got that um, sold. If you want it sold. <laughs> No, Snuffleupagus keeps saying he needs a forty caliber pistol. He's nobody got needs a forty caliber pistol. Nobody. Snuffleupagus thinks he does. Who might argue with a man who wants to buy a gun? And he's got a ninety-two, and the sick bastard loves it. What goes better Is with it a ninety-two? No, exactly right. Oh, so, this one's stainless. I know. Fancy. Yep. Fancy pants. <laughs> uh, the, the grip is too short for me. Uh, this is like I don't know who designed these Beretta pistols, I, but uh, I think it was a Mason because the brick is the uh, grip is based off of a brick. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a Glock. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's uh, that's all I've been up into in uh, guns. What about you, Kelly? I went to the range this week. Awesome. There you go. Yeah, it's been a month. So we went to the range on Sunday. Just shot the Glock. You know getting back into it and then I quickly came home and cleaned all my guns because they were filthy and they were a clone trooper they they were a clone trooper yes they were Uh, so yeah so cleaned the guns which was good because I haven't cleaned it since I had the 1020 I'm talking about the 1022 by the way since uh, I had Dave from SFRC he uh, drilled a hole in the back of it and so I hadn't cleaned it since he did that so that 
and cleaned the Glock. Everything's nice and sparkly and shiny now, and running a lot better because it's not filthy. So, <laughs> sorry, filthy. filthy. <laughs> Are you saying that filthy doesn't run good? Oh, he runs excellent. You should see him on a bike too. Until he has to go fast. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> uh, yeah. And other than that, they, I went to SFRC, checked out what they had. They didn't have everything spectacular that I needed. I need more Sounds ammo. like you go there pretty much every week. Every you know, week. Every week. It's part of my Saturday routine. I go to SFRC, yeah, see what they have on sale, uh, look at Christmas presents, different things like that. So, yeah. yeah cool. Yeah. Anyways, but that's what I did. And do you remember I was telling you about the whole thing about uh, the United Way at work, the fundraiser thing? Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, anyways, Cause it, yeah, because it went up and running, and I have some people bidding on these, like, they're actually bidding on these things. I have two women saying, bring it. You know, they're bidding against each other uh, to, to go to the range. So I thought it was really cool. It was one of the first things bid on it. We're, we're running it until the end of the month. But, yeah. So lots of people interested in going to the range that don't or haven't gone to the range. Cool. Yeah, I thought so. That's it. I did nothing else. Trevor, you're, you're hosting. Yeah. Oh, Trevor. yeah, I am. Yeah, you, Trevor. <laughs> are you? Are I was, you asleep? I was busy. Are you asleep? Face- no, I was Facebooking <laughs> Get off the of exec- Facebook. I was Facebooking the executive producer. She does get, you know, priority. Oh, Jules on Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, upcoming Hi, events. Jules. The active killer defense doesn't work like that. She doesn't hear you, like, through my Facebook. Anyway, all right. Active killer defense course with uh, our buddy Rick Woods. It will take place uh, on in December fourth. Who did this? On December fourth. Yeah. On December fourth. <laughs> on December fourth, Sunday, twenty sixteen. Oh my god! My LCD is hurting. Anyway, <laughs> there will be an active killer defense course in London, Ontario, on December fourth, twenty sixteen. Uh, people can sign up through the FireArtsSolution.ca or ActiveKillerDefense.com. Um, American spelling of defense with an S. Oh, with an S instead of a yeah. Like I would know the difference. Somebody corrected me on patients today. I wrote hospital patients instead of like I'm losing my patients. So I unfriended the a hole. Uh, news: <laughs> Black Friday is coming up, kids. So it's time to start scoping um, places like Horizon. Uh, no, uh, lots of sales. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> there's lots I of places with some I there's lots of places with some rule. You write the graph, read the graph. I think we need a new co-host to take over anyway. yeah, no. alright so Black Friday's coming up and there are lots of sales on the horizon listen because I know a website called the horizon anyway it doesn't matter anyway it's not f-ing news it happens every year <laughs> uh. sorry Matthew yeah alright <laughs> Yeah, let's Ready? keep going. Ready? Okay. So I have an update on the uh, frac cancer charity shoot that occurred last weekend. Um, I reached out to Andrew tonight, who is one of the hosts or the lead hosts of the Canadian Patriot Podcast, to see how it went down. It was a success. They had 48 people. Now, put this in context. We've been, we're, we're on our way to the seventh annual Canadian Podcast charity shoot, and it took seven years. How many people did we have last year, Kelly? Participating or who showed up? Who 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 paid? Who paid? Hmm. Yeah, we had 
uh, I think it was about uh, 70 people that paid. 70 people. And before that, we didn't, we had about, I think the best we've had before that was close to 40, maybe, mm-hmm. and, and, and under that. So, and it, it's, it, we promote it all year long. These guys had 48 people and they yep. promoted it for only a couple of weeks. So that's outstanding. You know, Andrew takes full credit because he thinks he's awesome and, you know, what he's going to do, it's fine. He, he can think that. And, uh, but he is, and they are, and they did a fantastic job. 48 people, and they raised $3,500. So, good for them. Yeah, good for them. Congratulations. And yep. it's a very, very uh, worthy cause. So, thanks yeah. to everyone who participated and um, who supported that. And I hope people went on to, uh, uh, GoFundMe and, and kicked in some cash who couldn't be there. So, um, yeah, and you know, maybe we'll, 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 well, for our charity shoot, we always make that a, an option as well. People who can't make it often send us EMTs. So mm-hmm. that option will also be available for this year. And we do have some charity shoot uh, updates, kind of. It's changing. It's not going to be in London, it may be in Guelph. And if that doesn't work, I've offered to take it back to New Brunswick. So hopefully it will stay in Ontario and. I have no reason to think it won't, but if it doesn't, if things get to be too complicated or whatever, then we'll have her back in New Brunswick. So, But as of right now, the um, lead on our 7th Annual Canadian Podcast Charity Shoot will be the host of Canadian Patriot Podcasts with help from the rest of us because it's all of our shoot, mm-hmm. but they're going to be the lead on it. So uh, it'll be cool. Main topic, um, Adriel. I'd like to welcome onto the show Doc Wesson from the Gun Nation podcast. Welcome, Doc. How's it going, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Come on. I it did. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. I episode, what was it you said, Matt? Episode three or seven? What was on? Yeah. I, See, y'all don't invite me back. I I'm must pretty really- sure I can't count that high, so it probably wasn't me who said it. Yeah, I, it was me, and yeah. I think it was three. And I think it was the, it was kind of, and the reason why it sticks out, Doc, is because. Up to that point, the show wasn't called Slamfire, and we changed right. the name right after that episode, and it seemed like... It's because we didn't want you to come back, and we wanted yeah, to so we shake you off yeah. our trail. It's like changing your telephone number so yeah. that she doesn't call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or he, Kelly. Okay. <laughs> Give him a fake uh, one to start with. Come on, guys. There you go. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's been quite a while because we are now. At- Anyways, uh, we just had a little bit of news. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a delay or something, Adriel? Or are you just being a d- uh, on purpose? I- I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, so I thought it'd be interesting to, to talk about uh, what what the fallout would be for uh, for gun owners because you know there's uh, it looks like a lot a lot of really good news. Uh, what do you think is the the biggest thing that's going to come out of this? Well, first off, everybody can come out of go what? Dig what, are we, what are we even talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, the election, yeah. right? And Doc is on to talk yeah. about Trump's gun policies because you know I'm not Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> we could tell but, from the accent. Yeah, uh, no, it's that. Yeah, I've got that. You know, New England, New York accent. I thought so, Boston. I was yeah. one for Boston. Yeah. yeah. No. But but. Uh, well, I mean, now, what does it mean? It means people can go dig up their weapons out of their yards, out in the woods. You can bring them back in now, right? Because I think people were really getting nervous. And, you know, it's funny you ask because I've got some friends, obviously, that are um, like the rest of us that are, you know, uh, dealers. And they have ordered overstock because of both ammo and firearms, especially, you know, the black rifles, um, because, you know, what happened was 
they were thinking it's going to be like what it was the last time. They were going to say, oh, my gosh, you know, we've got this coming in. She's already – she being Killary, uh, she had already come in and said, um, you know, uh, behind closed doors, so to speak, and was recorded that she thought that the uh, Supreme Court was wrong on the Second Amendment and basically was wanting to do kind of what what uh, Obama had said. He was – with his pen and his phone was going to try to, I guess, pretty much go with some type of executive fiat to really limit things considerably. Uh, but, you know, in the U.S., no. <laughs> you know, that's, you're liable to have some kind of civil unrest there if something like that happens. But, I, you know, uh, it, it, people were getting excited about it. Um, I think now there's overstock maybe in some dealers. I'm hoping that means lower prices, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, so which is a refreshing, you know, aspect coming from an election because, you know, normally you get into it. It's it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, you better keep what you got. And I say berry stuff. I mean, that's that's kind of stuff that happens sometimes, you know, people geocaching or whatever to try to to make sure that they've got something hidden out. Because I, mean, I always wondered, you know, how are they going to come take these things? You know, well, they, they I mean, they can't take them in Canada. They don't have the manpower. They rely well, on on the public to uh, yeah, just turn it in to cooperate. Yeah. yeah. So in the United States with 330 million people. They just they can't knock on everybody's door and say, give us your guns. And as you said, guns are falling out of boats and horrible canoe accidents up here in Canada. Mike, Mike (laughs) from Canmore, he buys like everything off the Internet all the time that you have for sale. Mm -hmm. So, you know, things get sold, things get lost, things fall out of canoes. There's there's just no way to do it. Um, I have got a question for you before Adriel goes down the the Donald Trump gun policy um, (laughs) path. What now you, you talked to you alluded to things that Killary apparently said behind closed doors was recorded, blah, blah, blah. But can you touch upon what her official policy was that she campaigned on with regards well, to gun control? Yeah. Once again, I guess it's who she was talking to, but it, it common it's, it's the common sense gun regulations is what they're saying. They want, they, they always have that mantra where they're talking about closing the, the gun show loophole, which is, is not, that's a myth. There is no gun show loophole in the, in the United States. Uh, technically, you can go to a gun show, and if somebody's in the parking lot, or they have, and I do this all the time, um, if, if there's a, a just a normal citizen that's coming to the gun show and he has a firearm, he can sell that firearm without any type of. Uh, we don't have a registration, but typically, like you have permits that you would purchase new firearms with, or if you're a dealer, you have to require a purchase permit unless you have a concealed carry permit, then that takes care of you having to go uh, as a citizen down to the sheriff's department in the county that you live in, uh, getting a purchase permit, having to wait, I think it's like the seven days. Then you got to go back and pick it up after they clear you. And then you have to take that piece of paper with you when you go to purchase a firearm. Now Um, that's, that's dealer specific, correct? Correct. And that will right. vary from state to state, or is that pretty much a federal It's pretty law? much all over. Yeah, okay. it's pretty much all, all right. over. You can't and, so and, order them in the mail? Uh, no. You can no, order not, one, but you got to have Kennedy. it. Yeah, you've got, right. Um, the NFA closed all that, right? Uh, the National Firearms Act. So um, what what you're looking at as far as ordering, it, you have to, like, I, I'll buy them online all the time. And when I buy them, I have to have them sent from a dealer there to a dealer here, and then I have to go pick it up. And typically, yeah. it's like about 20 bucks or so to no, do the I knew, transfer. I knew about that, and I knew about mm-hmm. FFLs, but I didn't know about this. If I walk into a gun shop, I can't just walk up with a gun after no. I do a background check. 
Um, well, if you have your concealed carry permit in North Carolina, and I don't know about the other states, sure, but I take my concealed carry permit into a gun sh- shop, I can walk out with one. Right. With but that, I just fill the paperwork out and go. But if I don't, if I don't no, have a CCW, I need No, you, a, you have to go to this in North Carolina, you'll have to go to your sheriff, uh, you know, down to the sheriff's department and fill out a uh, a permit to purchase request. Right. They do a, a, I guess, a background check on you. It takes about seven days. You go pick it up. And in turn, you come back and, you know, then you can purchase your thing. So typically what people will do if they're buying it from a gun shop, go to the gun shop, see what they want to get, place the, you know, get the order or get, have them get it ready for you. Wait the seven, you know, go get your permit thing, come back and bring it with you to pick it up. And that's basically now, is Do you that, have to do that every time? Yeah. If you don't have a CCW, you sure do. And so if you a- want to buy, you know, if you're planning on buying, you know, for, the next few months, like 10 or 15, you got to do it each time. Unless I think that there's a, you can only have two on hand at a time. It's been so long. I bought, I got my concealed carry permit back in 90, whenever it first came out. It was like one of the first ones in North Carolina to get it. So it was like 95, I think. So I've not had to do that since 95, you know, and, and of course when I was purchasing, purchasing before, I didn't have the money to go buy more than one or two at a time. So it, you know, I, I think that you're only allowed two permits like that. Uh, at a time on hand. Now, is that specific to handguns or is that all firearms? That, that's handguns. Now, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm all sorry. Right. I, I apologize. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So for, for rifles now, it's different, right? Uh, so like long guns, uh, shotguns, you can you can go and fill out okay. your paperwork and leave. I apologize. You're, you're, you're right about that. I was just thinking more on the hand, handgun side. So I can air 15 out the door, but I can't get a Glock 19 out the door. Exactly. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Precisely. Okay. So Hillary's... Um, platform that she campaigned on for gun control was was like the same model that bill had kind of thing yeah yeah um it, it was the same thing that's been going on with obama so to speak and okay. and you know of course they always say look we're, nobody's gonna come take your hunting rifles and your firearms and for self-protection and all this and you know the, the same mantra that they chant every every time and then uh, of course behind closed doors and that's part of this thing that was coming out because there were recordings uh, from where people were, that were close in her camp uh, stating and caught her, I think, stating uh, somebody had an, uh, a mic and caught her basically stating that she <clears throat> the Second Amendment was that the, they were wrong about it. The, the Supreme Court. And I'm referring to basically D.C. versus Heller, uh, that that, it, you know, it's 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 in essence a situation where the Supreme Court is wrong on the Second Amendment and in essence. The, Second Amendment shouldn't exist, you know. Now, the quote, it, the case that you just quoted—that's the one that got CCW, right? Not for us. That was no. that allowed uh, the people in in Washington D.C. Uh, that was uh, Dick Heller in Washington D.C. to um, uh, it, what what it did for for the country was basically set the ground rules that basically the militia or the person that's carrying the firearm is has the ability to have it across the nation so to speak okay. because in Washington DC you could you could have a firearm but you couldn't have it loaded it had to be in the house you couldn't take it out of the house i don't know all the specifics about DC's laws but you know it made it worthless i mean you know get a baseball bat so to speak and mm-hmm. so um it was very it was very hard to actually own one to get one period and uh, so now, you know, it allowed that to, to be the case where they could have them <clears throat> be able to keep them loaded and that kind of thing, too. So uh, go, go to the gun range and shoot with them. Um, you know, so 
That's and I remember if I'm I'm not going to be quoting it properly, but I remember immediately after the DC Heller thing came up, they challenged it in a certain way, and they were going to you know make it hard for gun dealers. I think they already had to be in that area and then basically say that you can't go purchase it out of the D.C. area and bring it back. So they were trying to regulate it kind of behind, you know, the scenes a little bit. But it, it was it was it's 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 a mess. It's always a mess. They always continue to challenge and, and try to get little bits and pieces from you. And, you know, but the good thing is we've we've made some some good strides, I guess, in, in the U.S. Like I said, the D.C. Heller case was really huge for the, the whole country. And, um, you know, we've, we've got a lot of states now that have concealed carry, uh, as, as a uh, shall issue instead of a may issue, uh, states like even Chicago, I mean, up in Illinois, it's, it's amazing. You never would think that they would have gone that route, but, but now they, they have concealed carry. And, uh, of course, New Jersey, you know, they still had, I don't know if they do now, but they still had, uh, some funny, um, uh, uh, regulations on ammo where you could only carry ball ammo. You couldn't carry hollow points. Uh, just, just crazy stuff, you know. And the the truth of it is, I mean, it, it's so simple. If you look at all the statistics across the entire country in each state and each area, it, the 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 well armed areas are the ones that are the safe, the safest. I mean, you know, and they try to come up with all kinds of um, reasons why, because people are purchasing it because you can get it so easy in other areas, and they're bringing them back to the bad crime areas, you know, that kind of stuff. When the truth is. You know, there's no law whatsoever that's keeping that from happening. I mean, you know, if you're a criminal and you want to get a firearm, you can get a firearm. It's just like that, you know. And um, uh, the the gun show loopholes, uh, those things, you know, they were trying to say that we need to close that. And that's one of the stance, getting back to what you were asking about Hillary. Uh, one of the things about the gun show loopholes, there's really not a loophole. You can go to a gun show. You can it, and and like I walk around, you can find some real good bargains from very good firearms uh, from you know people that are just regular guys walking around in there with rifles strung all over their shoulders or you know pistols, revolvers and all crammed down in their you know holsters and in their pants and all. And you, they're walking around and you can get some good deals because they're wanting to sell them, you know. And uh, so also some very specialized stuff that you can purchase, but you can buy it from them and as long as it's not like uh, you know something. That requires like it has a silencer on it or uh, in essence has, you know, as a fully automatic weapon, then you can just purchase it from them, you know, right off right there on the floor. And there's there's nothing, you know, stating that. But you can do that also by calling the guy up on the phone and going to his house to get it. So it's there's no loophole as far as that's concerned. What it sounds like and they try to make it out this way is that you can walk right up to a dealer in a gun show and just say, hey, I want to buy this gun and you can purchase it and walk out. Well, that's yeah, just like that's, if you were to go to a gun store and do that, and you cannot yeah, do that. The dealer's still going to do the background check and all that good stuff. Exactly. And, and the citizen selling to another citizen, well, it's no like you said, whether a a felon buys it in the parking lot or buys it in a parking lot at a Walmart uh, two towns over where there is no gun show going on, mm -hmm. that's not a gun show loophole. No, not at all. That's, and and that's, the odds are they're not even going to buy it in that manner. You know, based on regular firearms or from people like us that go to gun shows they're, they're, yeah. or, you know, wants to sell because we're going to we're going to demand the, a price that's fitting for what it is because we know what it is. We live the life. Mm -hmm. But they're they're looking to get something, you know, in essence, and I'm going by stuff that I've read 
um, you know, where they pick up something cheap because they want to have it because of whatever reason. I mean, you know, or they'll steal it, you know. And so that's that's the kind of thing that they're they're getting all wrong. And and the the thing about that is they need to crack down on the criminality of that stealing the firearm and using it for bad intent. <laughs> that's where you get it. I mean, just having it. It's not going to jump out and do anything. It's the person, obviously, that's doing it. Yeah, no so, doubt. I mean, I, I think there's uh, there's a couple of policies that Trump is looking for for, uh, um, you know, going after that kind of thing. Now, just just talking a little bit about that. Uh, mm-hmm. What are, what are some of the uh, what are some of the proposals that are that are coming forward here that you're really excited about? Well, you know, Trump. First off, um, you know, his sons they they hunt. They're really into you know firearms and and obviously are NRA members and love the second amendment uh trump at one point you know i never really was i was more of a cruise guy and a lot of people are going to like quit listening because i said that now but i'm a very conservative person and i want conservatism constitutional conservatism all across the board that's the way i look at it um you know he is an nra member obviously but they so was john john Kerry. you know when he ran i mean that's just one of the things they'll if they decide they're going to run for president, they may join. Now, he may have been one in the past for a long time, but um, will he stick to the things we're getting ready to talk about or will he not? I think he will because he's run on that platform, and there's a whole lot of people that would be very angry. And I think he truly believes in it. But there's also some things he kind of said you know, during the campaign. Uh, you know, like one time, for instance, he was talking about Hillary and was going to she's going to take the guns and, you know, she doesn't believe in the Second Amendment. But, hey, you know, maybe the NRA, the NRA people and the gun people will do that. Well, wait a minute. You know, I thought he was an NRA person and he was a gun person. So that kind of shocked some people in the way he said that. But he's come out really strong lately about it. But some of the things he's talking about, uh, like the first thing was like ending the ending the gun free zones on military bases. Which to me, it makes absolutely no sense why they did that in the first place. Um, you know, of, of all the places you would think they were going to have firearms all over the place, it would be a military base. I mean, and back, you know, when I was growing up, you, you know, I had uncles or whatever that were military, go visit them. And they, every, everybody's got something strapped to them just about, you know, or carrying a rifle or whatever. But it's, uh, that's, one of the, it's like one of the only places you totally expected to see guns. It, right. I mean, that's just, isn't that the point? I mean, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. But uh, so uh, that's one. Another one is uh, the uh, Hearing Protection Act. There's a, there's an act out now. I can give you. Um, oh, you know, I heard of this one. And, and in essence, it's it's basically for people that want to shoot to protect their hearing. And it's it's going through. And um, what it, it's a good thing for us. And this is an opportunity to legalize silencers where you don't have to to pay the extra money and to get the silencer and blah, blah, blah. Doc, Doc, uh-huh. you, you, you're, you're professional. You're a gun owner. You've been doing this for 10 years now. <laughs> we, we don't use the term silencer. Uh, this is the real world. This isn't Hollywood. I Can. appreciate it. Can will work. Can will work. Can. I also would have accepted suppressor, but well, let's Trevor, can. You'll, you'll have to excuse Trevor. He's our social social justice warrior here. He's the one that makes <laughs> Sorry, sure that everybody's uh, politically correct with well, the terminology. I, the thing we don't, was, we don't want to use the cans. wrong word. I, I, I was going to say cans, but I didn't know if Kelly would be happy about that or not. 
It's okay, well, Doc. I- we all knew what you were talking about, but well, Trevor had to come on and, and be, you know, I know a little bit more than you, Doc, even though I'm Canadian. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it is suppressor, not silencer, just yeah. so you know. Well, the, the reason I'm saying that is because it's how he presented it. Oh. He presented it as legalizing silencers. Not suppressors. Well, I'll give so you a call later, and that's that's why I'm I'm saying it that way. Um, so anyway, when he's got it listed that way as well, so I didn't want to confuse people. So I just you know sorry. So uh, it's okay, man. and, and it really I won't is. say clip instead of magazine. <laughs> Easy, <laughs> you know. Uh, but but anyway, um, so the suppressors. Thank you. Uh, so and it's ridiculous. I mean, they've had that for such. I, I, I guess it came in basically during the NFA back in the '60s, and um, it, to do away with that would make all the sense in the world. Um, it's you can hunt and you know actually be able to hear your game instead of have some type of attenuating earphones or if you don't want to. But but it makes all the sense in the world to have that is to protect your hearing, right? Well, and so, you look at a country like uh, or Great Britain. Mm-hmm. that whole region i think you know for sure england mm-hmm. uh lots of gun control and one of the things they control is the sound of your gun and they yeah. require you to have a suppressor yeah it's it's totally ridiculous mm. i mean they require you to have that right yeah but here i think the whole point was well if it's silent then you can get away with shooting yeah. somebody or whatever and people won't hear it they don't quite understand it as as usual yeah. um but because anyway. when the gun makes noise the police mm-hmm. always catch the suspect right always. at the moment. Always. Yeah. Everyone that's, knows that. It's awesome. That's, yeah. They just show up. They materialize, and there they are. But Well, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited about the uh, the U.S. getting suppressors legalized all across the board because, um, like, one of, the, one of the big things I think that we've got here is that the U.S. is going to be able to experiment with all of these laws, and crime's going to go down regardless, right? Oh, crime's, yeah. Crime, crime's on the way down. So you guys are going to go ahead and legalize silencers? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's burning. It's burning Trevor's up. Trevor up. <laughs> Maybe you guys are going to get uh, national concealed carry all the way across the states, that or at was, least at least reciprocity. Yeah, that's that's the one I was going to bring up. There are four oh. uh, different bills that you that's going through the House and Senate right now. I'm not really up on each one of them, but that is definitely one that he has even mentioned uh, earlier on in the. Uh, campaign that he would like to see and you know and obviously that's that whole thing uh you know makes a lot of sense now i i'm not a hundred percent sure if he wants to attack it from the federal route or let the states do what they're doing and just say you have to recognize across state borders because that's the way it is with driver's license in in the united Mm -hmm. states they recognize each each state is responsible for taking care of that and then the other states have reciprocity on the driver's license, so you can drive in their state just like you can in your own. <clears throat> and so um, that, to me, would work better because you still have the state power versus mm-hmm. if you just came out and said, okay, you know, all U.S. citizens, bam. And um, if – I mean we already should have that anyway because it's our right, but the, the thing about it is is they – I think that the federal government may have more power on that, and it needs to be with the states more. So, but there are four four laws now, uh, of bills rather that are that are in the House and Senate. Um, I I I'd, I'd have to look them up. I don't can't call them off the top of my head. But and then of course, <clears throat> one of the things they want to do is kind of streamline the the next the background check uh, that they do now, and um, uh, allow that to. You know what would do that? Licensing. 
Well, we don't want that. Think about it for a second. Our part of our registry is gone. Mm -hmm. We all have a license. We have the same privilege that you have with your CCW. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if everyone had a firearms license, not necessarily a CCW, but a firearms license, boom. They just walk in, flash the card, walk out with a gun. Why? I don't understand why. Or get in the you, mail. Or get well, in yeah, the mail. Yeah. Well, no, that's a different thing. But you want to well, talk you need, about. Well, you need licensing to do that, right? You can't just mail like anyone a gun. You need licensing to do that or something to do that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, a, you can get guns in the mail, though. But then it's got to go to an FFL, this, that, the other mm-hmm. thing. He's talking about streamlining the NICS pa- uh, process, the background check that the FBI do at the point of sale. Mm-hmm. Well, if everybody just went out and got a gun license, that whole thing would go away. Well, it would. And I guess if you combine that, like you say, with a national uh, CCW, I mean, I guess that's a potential avenue to do it that way. I still yeah. would like to see it done more from the state side. Yeah, um, and probably, there's probably like a million people just yelling at the radio right now at us suggesting licensing for everyone. Yeah, I, when you said that, I like something got real tight there for a second. Because, you know, licensing, licensing is basically where you have a right, they take it away from you and sell it back to you. So Like they did with your CCW. Yeah, so we, we have enough of those already. Personally, it ought to be constitutional carry all the way across the board. And if you want to go buy one, you buy one. You want to carry it concealed out of that loaded from the second you bought it feel free you know um then another one of the things uh is something i am interested in is well i'm interested in all of them but this too specifically uh the uh, importation of collectible historical firearms so you know we've got all these m1 carbines that are in like korea and we've been trying to get them back here to the u.s and the obama administration has been saying you know they taunted us there for a while oh you can get them back and then boom no you know oh (laughs) so it it just was a situation where you know those would find their way back to american land makes Uh, no sense and people would making money you know in in canada semi-automatic long guns are restricted to five round capacity except (laughs) for the m1 garand i can have it and it's actually uh (laughs) exempt by law for the capacity restriction i can have it and i can have it at its full regular eight round capacity mm-hmm. and you guys have to yeah doesn't make sense your rifle it's, it's ridiculous yeah. yeah it's ridiculous i mean and it, it and a lot of times you know if you look just from state to state i mean here here i've had a ccw since 1995 i carry from that day forward as much every day all day long as i possibly can and then, you know, but I drive to another state where it's not allowed. All of a sudden, I'm a criminal. Yeah. Or, or you know, I go to a school uh, here in North Carolina. They just passed a law. Uh, thank goodness, because we have a conservative uh, general assembly now. But they just passed a law. It used to be you couldn't even take a firearm anywhere close to the campus of any school, any school whatsoever. And so, what? So like you, you're concealed carrying all day long. You go to work. Know whether you can take it into work based on what their policy is, whatever. But then you get back in your car, you drive to the school. You can't park or pick your child up on school property because you have that firearm in the car if you want it to be legal. Mm, and even, and that just doesn't apply to your CCW, you know, big jack in the holster. Right. That applies to your two seventy hunting rifle. Exactly. No firearms yeah. whatsoever. Period. And of yeah. course, I grew up. I remember, you know, in high school, people we'd go hunting, you know, after school. And we would, <laughs> everybody have hunting rifles in their vehicles and, 
you know, people would walk up and, hey, look at this one. <laughs> Take it out of the parking lot, you know, during lunch. People are checking it out. And nobody thought anything about it. And, no. and so... We need to come back to something, though, because I don't want our listeners <clears throat> who aren't up on, on American gun laws to think that you're not allowed to have M1 carbines. You're not allowed to have M M1 Garands. You want to talk about what we're, you know, specifically what we're talking about here? Yeah. You are was, allowed, you know. You can have them. Oh, yeah, all day long, as long as you're in the United States. Yeah. But it's the, it's the importing, in. right? It's importing uh, back into the United States. So what they did is they kept it off American soil. Even though we've got them all over the place here, you know, they, they've kept them off American soil. So the hope obviously would be that'll be done with. They'll bring them back in. I, I would assume they go through the civilian marksmanship program, the CMP, and uh, distribute them in the same fashion that they did surplus of uh, the M1 Garands. Yeah, that'd be so, great. Mm -hmm. Whose hands are they in? Are they in the Korean I think the Koreans. Hands? Yeah, so and they wanted to give them back to us. They're like, I mean, if I recall correctly from what I read, uh, if not, I apologize for getting it wrong, but – uh, from what I read and, and, and have been talking about all these years about that is they were like, here, we want you to take these things back. And then, you know, we, we'd be getting them back. And then it, I, I think they actually made it on the water somewhat. And then they turned them around and said no. But, you know, not just that. But if you look at, um, uh, I, I don't know specifically, but it, Russia, as far as purchasing uh, Russian firearms and importing those in, like the the AK style rifles, um, they have and the ammunition. If I'm not mistaken, the ammunition as well. They're they're actually putting some type of um, uh, block on that as well. So hopefully that'll open up too, and we'll be able to to be able to get those type of firearms over here as well. Because you know there there are a lot of good stuff. A lot of, there's a lot of good stuff. You know, like coming from Russia and and Israel and the like that we'd love to get our hands on. But you can't get it because they're not going to sell it over here. I mean, even some of the Chicom stuff, like the Norinco stuff, you know, you can't purchase. I know they just came out with or, or starting to come out with. There's a, a kind of a, uh, I guess, a rumor going around. I've seen some pictures where they have uh, one that's very AR lookish, you know. And yeah, it's yeah. It, so I don't know, uh, you know, if you want to buy Chinese or whatever. But a lot of people do, and it's it's not whether we should or not. It's if we can. You know, and so I hope hopefully a lot of that stuff's going to go away. But those M1 carbines, yeah, I'd love to have get one of the original one ones of those because you can purchase M1 carbines that are being made by like Auto Ordnance makes one, but you're like talking about close to two thousand dollars to get one. Yeah. Where where these they're going to have different grades of of the rifle, just like they did the M1 Garands uh, through uh, the CMP, and um, you know they'll be able to. To, to get like a, a rack grade versus a service grade versus something that's in better shape. And so the, the prices will, will be staggered in that manner. Um, but then, you know, I, I could hopefully buy a crate of them, <laughs> you know, and just, <laughs> just have them. I mean, you know, it wouldn't be the first crate of guns you bought. That's exactly right. I like buying big. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that's, that's where you get your savings. Well, <clears throat> yeah. That's exact power buying. You hand, you hand pick a couple. If you're normal, you hand pick a couple and you sell off the other ones. If you're doc, you just keep the whole crate. Yeah, I say, well, how much are these again? <laughs> how many do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time I went was, uh, around here in North Carolina, um, uh, Century, not Century Arms. Oh, they're in Indian Trail, North Carolina. Uh, forgive me. I buy from them all the time. I can't think right now. But <clears throat> they, they really do sell a lot of uh, good prices of surplus and and things like that that they get, um, you know, AKs and stuff like that from different countries. And you get them in. I remember going up, and and 
the guy, I think, standing at a gun show, and the guy behind the counter of uh, the table was uh, probably the guy's dad or something. And I walked up, and and I they had some uh, uh, M38 Mosins, right? And so I wanted to get a few of those. And so, um, you know, he, he had it there, and I said, you know, cut the cut the tie off this so I can look at the bolt because I wanted to, I couldn't get to where I could see the. Um, uh, the serial numbers on these things. I want to see if they're matching up and all. Oh, he went nuts. He's like, oh, you know, this is not like a regular hunting. I said, yeah, I know what I'm doing here. Just let me. <laughs> he cut it. And, was all, and I said, how many do you have? Because, <laughs> you know, it's hard kind of to get the M38s around here. Um, mm -hmm. M44s were more popular, but I didn't want that. I didn't want the pig, the pig sticker on it. And so, um, you know, I just wanted to go ahead and get what I could. So I got out of a crate. <laughs> it went out with a crate, but the thing is, you know, you got when you get them in the crates, you got to clean all that cosmoline off. So, uh, there's there's issues everywhere you go, but it's it's good to have them. And like you say, power buying gets you better prices, and you, you get more popular too. People love you. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, it's you. You're the guy that buys the guns by the crate. Yeah. And I like this. It's, it, it, even now, I'll mention it on the show sometimes, and they'll go. Uh, I'll get emails, and they'll be like, "Um, would you be willing to like sell some of those?" <laughs> like I'm gonna give them an incredible deal or something, you know. Of course, of course. Uh, so, nah, no, don't come and asking that me. I don't. No. don't. <laughs> yeah. But at any rate, uh, but yeah, it's it's it, hopefully Trump. It, you know, we're, we're looking, you know, for it to be positive. Um, we know what she was going to do. We know how we were, and <clears throat> that just is disastrous. And you've got the Supreme Court. I mean, you've got so much that is at stake with with uh, you know with her, and we could we could have just destroyed anything about the Second Amendment whatsoever that that's a, afforded to us. And I'm glad it didn't go that way. It, it wasn't my preference, but from what I see out of what he said about these things, uh, these five things, and they're looking at possibly getting those in. Like the first hundred days. I mean, that's like the benchmark. How'd you do in the first hundred days as president? So uh, no more than maybe 180 days. So I, I think that th these are attainable uh, that, that they can do. And a lot of it can be done, you know, with the pen and the phone. <laughs> uh, and hopefully we can get some of this stuff going in that direction. If he does that, he will definitely have the backing of the NRA, you know, the, the masses that, that are members and, uh, you know, um, he would assure himself, I think, uh, if he wanted another, as long as he doesn't just screw up in other areas, I think. But it, it would it would give him pro probably another term. I don't know his age. He's starting to get a little older, but uh, yeah, I was blown uh, away. He's seventy years old. Yeah, yeah, and she's like she's what sixty nine, I think. She was sixty nine. He looks younger than she does. Big time. Well, I mean, she's been dead for five years. But... Yeah, they need to go on and finish embalming her. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I had no idea he was seventy. <laughs> Yeah, seventy years old, yeah. and got a got like a ten year old. Yeah, well. boys swim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, as as Canadians, we're we're definitely excited watching it because uh, there's kind of two things here. There's, uh, you know, you guys are going to legalize all this stuff, and that's going to you know provide kind of a benchmark for us. Where, yeah. hey, why why do we have all these restrictions when the, when the Americans did it? Uh, they were legalized suppressors all across the nation, and you know. Crime didn't do anything, and they got CC, you know, carried uh, concealed carry, yeah. and uh, nothing happened. You well, know? it did happen. It, it went the right direction. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And uh, so it's going to be exciting for us for that. It's also going to be exciting that uh, we're going to have all of our, uh, our all of our supplies because last time uh, when Obama got elected in, 
uh, AR-15 parts were impossible to find around here. Yeah. I remember building an AR-15 and be like, <laughs> well, uh, I, I need an upper. Uh, th- these guys have some, so I, got, I guess it's it's that one. Because <laughs> yeah. that's, yeah. that's what's available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the bolt carrier, yeah. The bolt carrier group you want is the one you're going to find. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we're real excited to 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 know that there's not going to be a big panic buy, and we're going to get nothing up here for the next six to twelve months. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, it just you know, I could just feel it. People were talking about what are you going to buy? What are you going to buy? And I'm like, I, I'm just going to sit still here because I, you know, I didn't. Get, I've not been. I, I've timed it right. I've never gotten really caught up in that. Of course, you know, if you have a bunch of stuff to begin with, eh, you can wait. Well, um, look at what happened with AR lowers. Mm-hmm. knockoff no name brand lowers mm-hmm. like i think it was maybe even your show that the story was told about somebody paying 450 dollars oh, yeah. for a, yeah. yeah yeah it's ridiculous it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous i mean as a matter of fact like uh the human resource ma- uh, manager at work where i work at is uh, vp and he decided he wanted to get into firearms i mean he yeah, was this he is found, the guy yeah this found is out story. for me yeah we went and we got it and i mean it just was you know, he was trying to piece these things together and the prices he was paying and all that. And I said, just settle down, man. Well, I want to get this. And I, I said, but just wait, wait till it passes. Things will settle down. You're going to be in good shape if you do that. Okay. I said, you'll be able to put together what you want. You'll have the availability of different types in different manufacturers across. But I don't want to do this. And uh, so he did. And of course, he, he, he's sitting on, expensive stuff that's now not as expensive so you know mm-hmm. he lost money on it and then other people or friends of mine you know like go out and buy these things and the ARs of course is the most prevalent that they want and go out and get the ARs and pay two thousand dollars for something that should be like five or six hundred bucks you know and they go out and purchase the the firearm that way and then come back and never shoot it they they went and and panic purchased it because they wanted to have it if they ever needed it that's what they always if i ever need one well, if you want one, you need one. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, they're out with that. Oh, I spent like $2,200 on it. And I'm like, man, that's really, when times are good, that's five, 600 bucks right there, you know? And, uh, of course, they keep it and then times get better. And then they realize, well, I'm not really going to shoot this that much anyway because they just panicked about it. And then they're trying to get rid of it. And you can pick up some good deals, you know, based on that too. Uh, there's people that are out there that have them. And, you know, I'll just, that's what I was doing. I was waiting until they realized they really screwed it up. And they're like, uh, they want the money they paid for it. And I'm like, look, I'm telling you, you're not going to get, you're not even going to get what they're selling this for at the gun stores. Uh, so why don't you just knock another hundred and I'll take it from you right now off of what the gun store price, you know, would be. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, you, well, you know, if, it'll be good to, uh, It'll be good to see 22 long rifle get back down yeah. to the price it's supposed to be. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. And and there was a time you couldn't even find it. I mean, 40, 45 and 40 were everywhere. Yeah. But not right? 9 mil, not 22. 9 mil, no, and 22. No way. I went one time to purchase 22s and 9 millimeters, and I drove, I don't know, six, seven, eight different gun stores. And it started getting to be where it was. You know, it was crazy because it was tank of gas just to go to a few of them, you know. And um, so I thought, well, I'll just stick with what I've got and start shooting off what I have. And <clears throat> the the thing was, you know, then it started coming back with the nine millimeters and all. And I started thinking, yeah, there is a case. People always say nine millimeters is the way to go. Why would you even? Well, there's a case for having those other calibers because 
when this happens, you have the availability to get the ammunition for it. I mean, those things were stocked like crazy, you know, 40s and 45s and uh, even 10 millimeter, you know, you could find. But uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, it just, uh, I don't know. Um, primers as well. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that primers go down in price. When I got into this game, and you, no matter what price I throw at you, you're going to think it's ridiculous because of just the difference in the dollar and right. availability and all that. But <laughs> I used to buy 5,000 federal primers for $190. Oh, boy. Out the door. Oh, boy. Yeah. Now, I think I paid 230 this summer for the same product. It's unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> and what are you going to do? You need them, right? I mean, yeah. If you're a competition shooter, you you have to reload, and if you want to be competitive, you have to shoot. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, up here in Canada, we're definitely excited watching uh, watching what's happening down in the U.S. because it it should mean that uh, things are going to be good for gun manufacturers. It should be good for ammo manufacturers. We should get a lot more product up here, and uh, should be uh, it should be better for the environment all around. So we're yeah. uh, we're really excited about it. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> I might just go. I might just go buy one for the heck of it now. And you know, the thing is, like I said, I think there's a, a probably uh, they've gone and they purchased these and had them in stock, and now they've got these these units sitting around, and you know, might be able to get some deals. You know, it might be yeah. the exact opposite now. So, it might be a good time to go buy. You know, I'm thinking yeah. about that myself. Yeah, well, I know. I know some buddies of mine that bought uh, crates of two, two, three. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the way. I mean. Put. It's just not a bad thing. If they got a good deal, then why not, right? <laughs> That's right. Look, yeah. my motto is if you're going to go purchase, take a hand truck. <laughs> take a hand truck. <laughs> you just never know. Yeah. You exactly. never know. So anyway. get a crate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to uh, thank you again for coming on, Doc. That was, oh, uh, that was that was great. You know what? Like a lot of us, we we kind of know what's happening in in the states, but we don't have our uh, our ear to the ground like like uh, like someone who lives there does, right? We don't know yeah. uh, some of the laws and, and some of the history that you guys have had coming up and uh, and what's going forward. How do uh, how do people find you online? How do they uh, listen to your show? Yeah, um, we we do we try to do a weekly show, but if you go to Gun Nation, G U N N A T I O N dot U S. Uh, it, it works in Canada. <laughs> it, it's U.S., but it works in Canada. Uh, you know, you go there and you can download all our shows. We have my show. We've we've got uh, a few uh, co-hosts along with me, and and as you alluded to, I've been around doing the show. I was probably like maybe the fourth uh, podcaster uh, as far as firearms go to come out, and um, or maybe fifth somewhere in that range. I was one of the first ones, and still still kind of kicking around, you know. Yeah, not a and, lot of those shows are still with us. Right, right. We've had a lot to go, but we've had a whole lot to pick up, too. I mean, oh, yeah. they're just immediately broke out. I mean, it was like all of a sudden 100, you know, different shows. Uh, but uh, we've been around a while. At my angle, we try we try to put like a, an industry spin on it. So you're going to hear about, uh, you know, the, the industry, how it relates to the firearm manufacturing, things like that. I'm big on science. Uh, we, we do a lot of stuff like that. Do some special things as well. We try to have a good, like we're doing here, have a fun time. Uh, you know, uh, we sometimes we're real, you know, rigid as far as the structure of the show. And other times we just do whatever. So it's it's a good hodgepodge, I guess, of things. And we do reviews. We do, uh, you know, talk about um, training and, and the like, too. So uh, we've enjoyed doing it for a long time and having a good time. But, yeah, if you go to gunnation.us, you can. Check it out, subscribe, and uh, download uh, all the podcasts. Fantastic. Thanks for coming on, Doc. Always a pleasure to have you every three years. 
<laughs> and I think that's a good number. I think every three, because let's face it, he spoke three years worth of content. So, no? Yep. Nothing? All right. Yeah, we got nothing. It's late at night. It's very late at night. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. It's midnight. Yeah. Listener feedback. We Spence. don't have any. Thank you for listening. Good night. <laughs> no? Tired. All right, fine. Let's get that again. I'll read Spencer's. I was going to say, Matthew, why don't you read Spencer's? All right, this comes from Spencer. That was too close. <laughs> Great it? job, Matthew. I did. I'll take the next one. That is the shortest email ever. And it's from, Spencer. from Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're right, Spencer. That was too close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next one we have here is from Keenan. Hey, guys and gal. I am looking to get into IPSC, and I was thinking it would be a good idea, to, good idea to get a training handgun to mimic my competition gun, as uh, I would be buying these new and do not already own a handgun that I would use for competition. I was hoping you could recommend a good pairing, kind of like wine and snake, but, you know, louder and more fun. As an example, I was thinking of MMP9 and an MMP22. Yeah, Thanks. do that one. <laughs> I think Trevor uh, answered this guy here. Well, yeah. I did, so yeah. I, I'll sum it up quicker than the long email. But basically, um, a lot of Ipsic shooters, seems to me, new Ipsic shooters, think that this is a good idea. Uh, it really isn't. No, none of this, none, nobody actually ever follows through and, and does it. None of the competitive Ipsic shooters that, that we know are doing this. They're going to the range, they're practicing with their primary. They're not going with a, a clone 22 version of their Ipsic gun. I, I, I think it's a good idea. I was going to even do it for my classic gun, but I never actually followed through with it. Um, the- I don't know if it really is a good idea. I think a lot of people would take their twenty two and go out and start ripping off double taps and, and doing ridiculously fast shooting, and that's not going to help you at all because you're not getting any of the recoil management down. The timing will not be there. You're right. If you spend all week practicing with a twenty two and then break out your 9mm or your forty on the weekend, the timing it's- and the rhythm is going to be there. No, you need to practice with what you're going to shoot with. Now, that being said, a 22 pistol is a great idea for introducing new people to the sport and also if you have the discipline to slow down and do, you know, it's basically cheap or expensive dry firing. So you're shooting, it's not costing you a lot. The only thing that you're not training is your recoil, but if you can, you know, practice your trigger press, your sight alignment, fine, that's great, but don't I, I don't think that you're going to be able to take a 22 clone of your full-size pistol for Ipsic and then train with it and expect to become better and faster. You're better off just spending the extra money to, to buy 9 mil ammo or 40 mil ammo or whatever. 40 mil. <laughs> Told you it was late. <laughs> 40 cal ammo or whatever it is you're shooting and just you know train with practice with what you're actually going to shoot in competition that's that's the better option get a 22 pistol fine but you know more than likely you're going to use it for plinking and having fun non-serious shooting and then use your your full size for serious shooting well i mean if you reload for your nine mil too like the ammo is pretty cheap like 22 ammo <laughs> these days is right around 10 cents around yeah it's what's getting what's pretty re- expensive. what's reloaded nine millimeter it's it's not oh, that much more there's no question because i collect my own brass and if I cast my own 9 mil bullets, I'm shooting 9 mil for less than 22. But you, yeah. have, you have to get set up for that. But, you know, if you live in an apartment, that's not practical. But, but still, yeah, no, with the cost of ammo these days, um, you're not going to be able to buy a 22 pistol and train with 22 and come out ahead financially. 
at least not to any ex- sort of extent where buying that second pistol was a good idea to save the money. You're not gonna you're not gonna save the money. Just shoot the the, the center fire ammo. Get your 22 pistol because I think everybody needs a 22 pistol. That's just one of the things you need to have. Um, but you know, you use it for what it what, what it's good for, and that's like I said, bringing new people into the sport, just having fun at the range, plinking, you know, whatever. I the only thing I can think of would be trigger control. Watching the front sight while pressing the trigger, yep. you're going to get a bang. You're going to get a recoil, and it's going to yeah, maybe it's, help you overcome a flinch that you might have. But yeah, it, other than that, I. I don't know. Yeah, and you really don't need an exact replica of your full-size gun to get that because pressing the trigger on any gun is going to help you press the trigger on any other gun. I mean, pr- pre- being able to press the trigger is, is you know, right. it doesn't matter. In fact, it should be heavier, grittier, longer, and crappy on your practice twenty-two pistol than it would be on your regular one because that's going to help you with your, your regular one. Um, anyway, I... I don't want to talk you out of getting uh, an, an MMP9 and an MMP22. If that's what you want, go ahead and get it. Uh, it's a great idea. Um, you know, let us know how it goes. The, the 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 beauty of the MMP and then the Glock with the conversion kit is you're not going to change holsters. You're not going to change mag pouches. So there's that. But again, at the end of the day, I well, I I did used to have the Advantage Arms conversion kit for my Glock, uh, not the current Glock, the first Glock I owned. And I found that I would go to the range and I would be shooting the nine mil and I'd you know I this is back before I even know how to shoot. Um, so anyway, I'm all flinchy and whatever. So I switch over to the 22 and I'm I'm shooting it for a while and just the the time it took me to take the slide off and put the other one back on, change the mags, this and that. I, did, I was just like I should just have a second gun. It would be so much better, so much faster. And so I ended up just buying a second gun. The conversion kit, yeah, it worked okay, but I think you're better off for the price of them. Definitely, just buy a second gun. Yeah, it's, yeah, with the Glock one. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is the it is literally the cost of the MMP22. And the, and there's the MMP makes one. Walther makes one. Um, I don't know of any other ones that are really close like that, like the Walther PPQ and the Walther. P twenty two, I don't know. I, I don't know. The MB and but I think those are the only two. I that, would I would I would. This is what I'd recommend. I'd recommend finding the gun that you want. Don't worry if it has a twenty two clone or not. Don't worry if it has a conversion kit or not. Buy the gun that you want, and then do some research and get a uh, Ruger or a Buckmark or a Colt Woodsman that that style clone of twenty two pistol because those things are phenomenal. Uh, they got great triggers. Very accurate, very reliable. They got a good following. There's aftermarket parts and support up the yin yang for them. Get one of those, and then you have like the best 22 pistol plus the gun that you want for your center fire. Don't you know? Don't worry about them being clones of each other. Just get a really good, high quality 22 and a good, a good center fire. Do you still have one? Uh, no, the only 22 pistol I have right now is that Beretta that I won at the right. nationals. Yeah, I don't have one anymore either. Adriel, do you have one? I just said I do have one. You know, I said either. No. no, yeah, no. I mean, like, <laughs> other than your Beretta, because that's right. like a different animal. No, I actually, I actually sold my forty-five um, Ruger. Yeah, yeah, twenty-two forty-five. Uh, because I got this other, and I like, I love this Beretta. It's uh, it's just, it's what I like in a twenty-two. Super small, compact. I, I mean, that's just what I've always wanted. But uh, yeah, I didn't need the the twenty two forty five anymore when I got that. But no, the twenty the Ruger twenty two forty five is fantastic, or or the the 
Buckmark. Buckmark's really nice. Yep. If Angel? I could hunt with one, I'd have one. I can't, so I don't. Oh, but there's so much fun at the range. Yeah. Man, yeah. I show up to the range with my 9 mil and a, a box full of reloaded ammo. Like, yeah. That's so cheap that I that's don't even true. care. So. It's true. Yeah. Kelly? Yes? You got one? No, I just get mine from Kevin on girlfriend discount. So he's I have got an, one? Yeah, he's got an MP22. Uh, I love it. Oh, good. Well, and then go. I can switch to the MP9, which I love as well. Yep. But yeah, the the MP22 is great for just you know plinking, having fun at the range. Mm. Yep. So that is a good combination, though, Keenan. Yep. I mean, I'd, I I wouldn't hesitate uh, an MP9 and an MP22. I've shot them both. I've done review. I've owned, well, I've only owned one of them, but I've I've shot the the MP22 quite a bit. Um, great, you know, they're fine. They they work great. So if if you if you want a, a big brother little brother kind of gun combination, there, that's you know. Mm-hmm. That's an option for sure. Oh, the yep. other thing he can do is buy the MP9 and do dry fire. That way he doesn't have to spend the money on. Ammo. Oh, but like I said, you got to own a 22 pistol. <laughs> it's That's like a true. rule. It's a rule. Get a 22 pistol, Keenan. I don't care what you get, but get one and then send me pictures of it. And, and yet, I love guns. Almost none of us have one. <laughs> but Keenan needs one. Yes, he does. Well, right. it's it's one of these do as we say, not as we do kind of situations. Exactly. But we've That's all what, had them. Yeah. I've had, yeah, I've had you know two. you don't you don't lose money on it too. I mean, you, you nope. buy a used twenty two, you shoot it until you're at a point where you're comfortable with your pistol shooting, and you go to a nine and and you sell it, and you you lose no money. Yeah, well, I even still, I don't think that you're going to be able to give somebody like a, an average sized person a twenty two pistol and expect them to progress faster than they would if you had just given them the 9 mil to start with. They're going to be fine with the 9 mil right off the bat. Mm, Maybe. Yeah. The, well, the average... the I, 9 mil does not have that much recoil. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It but this really a, doesn't. There's this whole psychological aspect to it. If you tell somebody, this is a 22, and you show them the tiny little bullet, you know, for the really nervous Nelly, well, I suppose you said average. Yeah, you said average. I so, did. I yeah. did say average, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Are we good to move on? I think yes, so. Please. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> please. <laughs> Kelly, it's not even midnight where you are. All right. I so know. if you would like to send us emails to argue over, you can do so by sending them to slamfireradio <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, let's see. Please go to iTunes. We don't have a new one this week, but we do have 144 five star reviews so far. Uh, 110 from Canada, 30 from that place, one from over there, and then a couple from uh, somewhere else. Um, <laughs> we're going to read it no matter what, so I'm going to skip that part. Anybody have any shout-outs? No. All right, oh. then. <laughs> and no new Patreon supporters this week. Yes, oh, we one. do. One more. Oh, oh, new. New. Under new. Under new, where it says new. Right there, where it says new, Kelly? That uh-huh. one? Robert K. It. Robert K is in for two two three. Nice, and, and that's as of uh, right on November tenth. How could that, we read it that's yesterday? Today. That's today. All right then. <laughs> actually, actually, technically, it's yesterday, yesterday now because yeah. it's midnight for us. Exactly. Oh. All right. <laughs> okay. Remember how you were saying we weren't going to like make the ending all awkward? Please join one or more of our national firearms associations, such as the. CCFR or the CSSA. It's important to support those who support us. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Uh, like us on Facebook. We have 1,548 likes. We read that every week because we like to brag. 
116 thumbs up, 26 gold stars, and counting. Two flukes, four mini flippers, two kangaroo thumbs, one safe space, one HK logo, two hobbit thumbs, five duck bills, two squirrel nuts, two honks, two nice lemon triggers, one ace of spades, a cartridge in a pear tree, and a pheasant on a pine tree. What the? <laughs> <sighs> all right, that's all I got. Good night, everybody. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. No, you're not ready? Yes, we're ready. <laughs> well, he didn't it's reply. Like sick. We're not supposed to say anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good for you. Hello, and welcome to episode 180 of Slam Fire Radio for November 11th. Happy Remembrance Day. Uh, oh, Do you really the, want to say that? Are you supposed no, to say that Happy Remembrance Day? right off. Yeah, that fucked me right off. Yeah, let's try that again. <laughs> yeah. A little right, too so excited not, to say, Happy Remembrance Day, everyone. Happy Remembrance Day! It's not Valentine's Day or Christmas. Or, <sighs> okay, here we go. Hello. 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 No, you Hello? go first. No, you, you what? Huh? Hello? <laughs> Is this thing on? Who is this? Is this thing on? Get out of here. What's going on, eh? <laughs> beauty, eh? It's beauty. Oh, I should have had that recording. That would have been great. You don't have it recording? It's great, eh? I do now. Let me check and see if mine's recording. Oh, look, I'm That's recording it. a call. Yay. I do What's going on, Doc? Oh. Wait, wait, wait. Let me try that again. What's, What's up, up, Doc? Doc? No, yeah. oh, no, no, yeah, no. Never no. heard that one before, have you? No, that no, That one's no. brand new. Yeah. I can tell because I thought of it. Yeah. I, All of yeah, my jokes. You were the first Canadian to ever do it for me. Oh, Beauty, eh? Beauty. <laughs> what a hoser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Let me find Trevor here and add him. I saw him come up. Yeah, me too. Oi, vey. Oi. Say- Why am I on hold? Broke it. There we go. Yeah. Oh. Hello? Hello. I'm back. Hello. Hello. Trevor, Most stop it. With mental problems are not violent. Just need <laughs> Let me help. take this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take this pickle suit off and real quick. Hold on. These reforms need, will help everyone. Trevor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't try to add yourself to the call. I will call you. Ninety-nine percent of the time, I host the call. A. B. <laughs> yeah, I just hung up on him. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, you're my hero. <laughs> That'll be an outtake. <laughs> <laughs>